everyone. Welcome back to Therefore Podcast. I'm Megan Martin. I'm Judy Mustaine. And um, welcome back. We skipped a week because I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but um, sickness has has ruled my body for about a week now. Strep and allergies and yeah. So last week I had very little voice and um, this week I sound like this. So take what you can get, I guess. (laughs) It'll be good. Yeah. So um, on our last episode, we talked a little bit. um, I don't even know why or how we mentioned it, but we mentioned Ishmael. We did. And so we we both kind of were like, now that's a topic we could talk about. And um, and so we are. We're going to talk about Ishmael. Not really. I mean, we are going to talk about Ishmael. We both love Old Testament history, and this is this is a big one. <laughs> yeah, it's good. But more talk about why Ishmael and what the result of all of that is. So Ishmael is the technical firstborn son of Abram. Not yet Abraham, right? No, I think so. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. So um, last week I was talking about how I was doing a study on Sarai becoming Sarah. And uh, maybe that's how we got on the Ishmael topic. But yeah, so God told Abram and Sarai, Abram, I'm going to make you the father of many nations, which interesting enough means now, like many, many nations. Wow. Like, yeah, double, double the nations. We'll get to that. But yeah, so they waited. I don't remember how many years. A while. Before before Isaac? Uh, before Ishmael, really. Ishmael, but yeah, yeah they, so they'd waited a while and nothing was happening. And Sarai says, hey, I have this maidservant over here who's, you know, not really doing anything. So Just washing. Yeah. Windows and floors. So um, maybe that's how God wants us to fulfill this promise. And And so Abraham said... Hey, good idea. I don't know. I don't know what he I know, said. Right? I can't imagine what that conversation was no. like. What is Sarah thinking? No. And what, like, he went along with it. Yeah. Like, so crazy. I don't know. Anyway, so Hagar is her name. And um, and so he did. He, he, he slept with Hagar and Ishmael became a thing. And it was like, how many years later? Because Ishmael was circumcised when he was 13 and that's before Isaac was born. So it must have been like close right there. So either way, at 13 years that Ishmael is the only son of Abram. Yeah. So when he circumcised, that's when all that changed. Yeah. But we probably need to back up and talk about what happened when they realized that she was pregnant. So I don't know who who would take the foot of the blame for that, but Sarai was not necessarily treating Hagar well and Hagar was not responding well. I don't yeah. it depends on actually which which version you're looking at. So I was telling Judy before we started that in order to kind of like wrap my head around this and like really try to figure out who Ishmael is and and what is out there, I had to look beyond the Bible because the Bible gives us like Genesis what 12 through like 16 and then we only hear of him a few more times later on in in the Bible. And so there's not like a a rich history of him that we can actually read in the Bible. So we had to do like a deep dive. And our word pretty much says that Sarai wasn't treating her well and that Hagar had bad feelings about that. And so she left, right? They they sent her out. She she ran away, right? Yeah, she just, yeah. Yeah, to the desert, right? Mm -hmm. 
And then was that before he was born? I think so. And because God asked her, you know, what are you doing here? Right. And then so he sends her back back. and says, go back and submit. But the Islamic version of that actually blames Hagar for the issue, like says that she was being um, like that she had gotten arrogant about being able to have a child and that was causing Sarai to respond negatively to her and then ran away. So I thought that was interesting that they would actually blame Hagar. Yeah. Place that blame on her. Mm -hmm. When it kind of seems like she's kind of an somewhat innocent like you don't hear about her until sarah says why don't you take her right and why don't you create a child with her and maybe that's what god means right by by all of this maybe we weren't reading it all right and maybe we need to do it this way i don't know i could see both sides of that really i mean can't you imagine that like there would be some feelings of like i don't say arrogance but like yes oh i was able to do this yeah and for sarah to feel Yes. Horrible because she, she still is not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's still barren, wanting to have a child. Right. Um, she jealous. Su- yes. Yeah, suggests this to happen. And then, you know, Hagar's walking around with swollen feet and a big belly. And all of a sudden it's, it's real. Right. And it's kind of in her face. And, and what do you do when you're the one who suggested it? Ugh, even worse. That kind of makes it hard. It does. You know, what do you do when your best thought out plans are not? The best thought out they plans. They don't go the way you think that <laughs> yeah. it's going to go. Or you, you or know, it does go the way you think it's going to go. And, and you don't respond like you think you yeah. were going to respond. You know, um, I think there's a reality that hit and maybe kind of exposed some things in Sarah yeah. that she might not have realized was down inside of her. Right. It says that Abraham actually really did love Ishmael, mm-hmm. but that because Hagar was his mom, he was still kind of, according to the israel or um, islamic side of things that he was also a slave which it doesn't portray at all in our bible at least not that i can recall it doesn't insinuate that he's a slave at all but yeah so i don't know that's a whole other thing so ishmael's born abraham forms this relationship with him 13 years old um and he has to be circumcised along with abraham and every other man in the in the tribe there, right? And and then Isaac's born. And Isaac is the actual fulfillment of the covenant that God was making with Abraham. And so Ishmael is essentially displaced. Yeah. Not only as a son, but as the firstborn son. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, gosh, how do you go? You know, 13 years old is, it's not like he's a little kid, right? Like he's, this is life for him. And now you suddenly have a, a little brother who's going to... Who's favored who right over you. Right. Not only as like favored, of course, by Sarah, but like as the fulfillment of a covenant. Yeah. Like not just like his actual wife had a baby, but like he is the fulfillment of that. The one that is going to lead to being the father of many nations that God told Abraham. See the stars. I will make you more numerous than... So... Isaac is born, and at some point, Ishmael mocks him, like makes fun of him publicly, whatever reason. And Sarah's like, done. Not having it, yeah. Yeah, she's she's done. And so Abraham has to basically evict them out. He gives them like some bread and like water and sends them out into the desert. And they almost die because they run out of water 
obviously, right? Yeah. They, like it's not going to last forever. But they stop when the uh, they can't go any further. And of course, crying out. And, and God hears Ishmael cry out and responds and gives them water, takes care of them. Well, isn't that Ishmael's name? Isn't that what it means? Is God, God hears. hears? God yeah. hears. Yeah. God hears. Yeah. So it was it was his cry out that God heard and and then tells them that um, he made a promise to to Ishmael. Well, actually to Abraham, because Abraham was like, Abraham was still worried about Ishmael when Isaac was coming, right? And so in Genesis 17, God says, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will be- will bear to you at this season next year. So before Isaac was born, God had promised that so Ishmael he would establish that promise. Yeah, yeah, Ishmael would be fruitful, and yeah. I mean, still, re- I mean, release a blessing. Yeah, upon Ishmael. Yeah, even though that the covenant was going to be carried through through Isaac. Right. The thing <laughs> in uh, Genesis sixteen. God says that Ishmael's character will be like a wild donkey of a man whose hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. So Ishmael is foretold by God. So, you know, you know, it's going to come to pass that Ishmael is not going to get along with the other tribes and certainly not Isaac's tribes, right? So Ishmael ended up having 12 princes, which, you know, Jacob ended up having 12 tribes. Interesting to me that the numbers match up. Yeah. Which in 12 is the number for governmental rule. Kind of wild. Essentially what happened is the whole crux of all of this is for us today that Muhammad claimed that Ishmael was his ancestor. Yeah. He says that he came through the line of, I will never pronounce these right, Keter? I don't know. So Muhammad, the one who founded Islam, says that he came from Ishmael. And so he set his himself up and the Islamic religion set them up directly in opposition to the Christian religion of Jesus, because he's claiming to be from the other side of, of the covenant through a man who was said that, you know, you would never get along with anyone. Your hand will always be against them. Their hands will always be against you. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, so looking up today's like where are the Ishmaelites, which they show up in other places. So an Ishmaelite actually, um, the Ishmaelites are the ones who bought Joseph and sold him into slavery, and the Ish an Ishmaelite served in David's kingdom somewhere, and one of Ishmael's daughters married one of Esau's son, who is another kid who was born first, but lost his inheritance and his blessing to Jacob. So like, how ironic is that, that that those two would connect? It's it's wild how many times that you'll see the firstborn not get, I mean, even if you go back to the beginning, I mean, it talks about the first Adam Right, you know, yes, yeah, and that God, and Jesus is the last Adam, you know what I'm saying, or the second Adam, however you want to put it, and um, right, yeah, 
changes. Such a crazy, I don't know, people who, who I think it takes more faith to not have faith in, right. in God. Because who could set this up? That's what I'm saying. And it's not like it's just in the Bible. Like, so people who are, who say, well, you just, you have to look beyond your, well, I did. I, I looked beyond the Bible because it didn't tell me much and I wanted to dig in. And yeah, so they actually believe that um, the Islamic religion believes that Ishmael was the son that Abraham was going to sacrifice. That's crazy. So yeah, so when it talks about having the son who was bound up, they put Ishmael in that place instead of Isaac. Wow. Like just concrete differences that, yes. I don't know, it doesn't. Wait, the enemy always throws a counterfeit into yeah. everything of the Lord's. Right. There are Ishmaelites who are, um, or some of their, the Ishmaelite tribes, and I can, like I said, I can't name them, were part of the Assyrian and Babylonian empires, which we all recognize. As, yeah. Yeah. As definite um, places that at one point or another fought against the Israelites. I was going to say they were enemies of, yeah. of God, which is exactly what the Lord said. Mm-hmm. that they would be so that you would fight against your brothers and you would fight against you know everyone around you i mean the lord spoke that over him yes they purchased joseph from his brothers they oh they were associated with the midianites when they were attacking israel during um the time of gideon so they like helped out with that and in psalm 83 it talks about how they are lamenting the conspiracies of the Ishmaelites that are rising up against Israel. Yeah. I, I just wonder where it's going to, it's never going to end. The Ishmaelites are today's, what we would call Arabs, basically, and what they called Arabs too. They live today, this is where their place would be, but um, Sinai, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Syria, and Western Iraq. So the Middle East, yeah, which is such a place of conflict, yes. especially against Israel. Right. You know, and there's, I mean, they're constantly fighting to push Jews out of the, the region. Wow. I mean, that like they have taken the temple and, and did they build on top of it or did they just take over? They built on top of it, didn't they? I'm not sure. It says the temple will be rebuilt. rebuilt. Yeah. And so everybody's kind of waiting for that day. But it's these guys who are controlling that. Just fascinating to me that like this is the far reaching consequence of sin. Yeah. Generations. Right. Upon generations. All because really both of them made a decision. Yeah. Um, and Hagar really had no choice. Mm-mm. She's I mean, she a slave. A, yeah. Yeah. She was a maid, a maid and, you know, servant girl. Yeah. And we've talked about far reaching consequences of sin before. Like if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, the, you know, there wouldn't be thorns in the world. That's one of the things that came from punishment of their sin was that the earth was cursed, was cursed. Yeah. And here we are generations later, again, dealing with a consequence of a decision that was made. Right. Well, many times our decisions, well, most of the time, our decisions don't affect just us. And there are consequences to decisions that are 
and disobedience to what God would have us to do. It's crazy how how our decision to do something, or as I've heard, create Ishmael's in our life, yes. um, how that's far reaching and how that could be generational or, you know, cause I've seen people be disobedient to the Lord and I will see generations of bondage in an area of a family all because their grandpa opened this door in their life, you know what right. I'm saying? Or dad started doing this. So the son started doing this. So the grandson started doing this all because you know, of sin or disobedience in an area. Yeah. And that just is, it's far reaching. Well, and even the Bible says that the sin of the father would be carried on through the third and fourth generation. But on the flip side, it says, but my blessing would be carried on for a thousand generations. That's a big deal. Right. You know, and so the blessing of obedience obviously far outweighs disobedience, but obviously we're people. And we don't always yeah. make those right decisions. We do create Ishmael's and we do not always wait on God. You know, when God tells us, hey, I'm going to do this in your life. And we create these things in our heart and our mind that maybe God means this. And we don't always wait on him. Sometimes we're not real good waiters. I mean, we are in like a microwave society. I mean, we have fast food, everything. We even have churches that have time limits on everything that's there. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Don't worry, we'll have you out and... 58 minutes, you know what I'm saying? And so everything is just fast, fast, fast. And we want to be people pleasing and seeker pleasing. Um, and I don't, I don't know that that's probably always something that we should do. Um, but I don't know. I think that sometimes we're always looking and not waiting. I don't, I don't know that we wait well. Isn't that funny? Because we often want God to tell us what the plan is. Just let me know. Right? Sometimes he does, but we don't wait on it. He does. Yeah. And so like when he does and we don't wait for the right time, maybe you should just not let me know until it gets closer. <laughs> like we're good overthinkers. Right. Right. Like instead of trusting yeah. that he's got this. Maybe God means this. Maybe God, you know, it's all because of a thought that comes into our heart and mind, which many times you know, the enemy will place thoughts in our heart. That's why the Bible says in Corinthians to cast down every imagination, a high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God, you know? And so sometimes we're not, you know, we don't always think about that when these thoughts come to us, we entertain them and we think, well, maybe God means this, or maybe he means that, or maybe he wants this, or maybe he wants that. And, and sometimes we'll go down paths that he never really intended us to go down. Right. And it's not that he doesn't know that we're going to make that decision, but to wonder though why why he would I, I hate to say why when we're talking about God's decisions, but why he would make this promise to bless him, knowing that this would be the outcome generations later. Abraham loved his son, both of them, and really it stems back from that because Abraham asked him, What about Ishmael? And God said, I hear you. Yeah. I hear. Isn't it amazing that he even named him Ishmael, knowing that these things would be questioned of him, you right. know, and knowing that Hagar would have this in her heart, that Abraham would have this in his heart. And I'm sure that Ishmael probably had it in his heart, too. Right. And he said, I'm just going to make sure that you understand and I'm going to name you the God who hears so that every time that they call your name, you need to understand that I hear you and all these things. Some people in the, I don't know if I should, if I, if it's even in the Islamic 
religion, I should say, the some people out there think that the blessing part of it is that they are living in this oil rich area where it provides for them. I got you. you know, but man, they don't have any peace. I'm sorry, say they don't have any peace. I don't know. I don't know that I would think that that's a blessing <laughs> in my own like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've got this, but you have to constantly fight over it. Which Israel is also doing. These uh I don't this idea of just waiting on God proves more and more fruitful the more you read about things that have happened when people don't wait on God. I think it's it's hard for us to wait on God. I think it's hard for us. I think we start to waver in our faith if God doesn't right. answer in our time frame or yeah. how we think he should. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, th- that's kind of what happened here. You know, but we, we forget that God's not on our payroll, you know, and um, he doesn't have to do things according to our standards um, and our timelines. I mean, the Bible calls him Olam El, the God who sits outside of the boundaries of time. I mean, he exists in eternity and speaks into time, but we forget that. Yeah. And so um, many times these years or time frames that pass um, to him, it, it doesn't seem near as long right. as it does to us. I mean... Well, it says our our life is just like a, a vapor. Uh, yeah. Like a fleeting vapor, you know, like a right. grass that withers. And, and really, it is in the concept of eternity, you know. And so these things that we get all worked up about, God is not worked up about, you know. <laughs> yes. He's like, so I told you it was coming. You know, we just don't always, like I said, we don't wait well. The idea that Muhammad, and I will be the first to tell you that I do not know enough about other worldly religions to really speak into any of that. But it cannot be coincidental that Muhammad set himself up in direct opposition. Against God. Of our Our faith. Of our Messiah's lineage. I mean, what a crazy world. And I'm not really surprised because Satan is always looking for a counterfeit. Always. I mean, that is essentially what the Antichrist is supposed to be. Yeah. Like, it's his version of a son. Yep. And his answer to Jesus is literally the anti-Jesus. So. Well, he can't create anything. Right. He just has to imitate. Right. Everything. And so that's what he yeah. does. He makes it up so that it looks like it could match up, you know? Like, his biggest tool is not making you believe the exact nothing. It's making you off course just a little. Just causing you to doubt and who he is, which is what he started in the Garden of Eden. Right. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. That's all he has to do. Just make you doubt just a little bit. Really? Do you really think that's what God said? Do you really think that's what he meant? Maybe God meant and starts putting that seed of doubt. I believe that one of the greatest travesties against um, the American church's doubt. I mean, probably more than anything. I mean, how hard would it be for God? All he wants us to do is believe. I mean, that's all he asks us to do. I mean, that's our part. Right. Like, how hard is that? I just need you to believe that I am who I am. Right. You know, who I say I am. And and we struggle with that sometimes. Right. And we doubt that he is who he says he is. I mean, how hard would that be for him? Um, you know, all throughout the Old Testament, 
he kept telling them, I need you to tell the next generation, please tell the next, write it on your hands, write it on, you know, yeah. you know, speak it from generation, speak it outside, speak it inside, do all these things. He said, cause I don't need it. He said, in case somebody would forget, you know, and I mean, how quickly they forgot after they had crossed the Red Sea and they did all these, God did all these miracles in front of them. I mean, even in, in Abraham's life, I mean, just the miracle that he could have a seed. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. He was what, like 99 when? Yeah. yeah. You know, and so you have all these things and we, we so easily forget. I mean, God will bring us through, you know, financial things. He'll bring us through healings on our bodies. He'll bring us through. And then we have something come up and, and we seemingly forget that he's still that God that brought us through all those other things, you know? And so, um, how hard would that and be for, for them? for them? I mean, not to throw any stones at them because we all have short-term memories, but for Abram and Sarai, this is the same God who told you to pick up and move. And you yeah. did it without yeah. question. But now you're questioning. All it takes is one little no. one yeah. little variation. So an entire nation of people are potentially lost because, because in their mind, Ishmael is the one who was given the promise and not Isaac. And that changes the whole trajectory. It's like you've seen those pictures, right? Where like the road starts right next to each other. And then as it, it's the same road, but it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. The, the gap between them is bigger and bigger. And I feel like that's where we were with those two. Like they're right there together. But where we are today, we're so far apart. And it's because we followed Isaac's lineage to the Messiah. I mean, the Davidic yeah. line. And they didn't and and it's um i i did read that muhammad claimed ishmael to be part of ishmael's lineage and it's proven that he probably is like through um bloodline stuff and following all of his his own lineage that he probably actually is from the keturah or something like that tribe of ishmael's sons like one little offshoot you know and then the little things that don't match up like the fact that Isaac was the one, uh, you know, that God was like, provide the sacrifice in place of and not Ishmael. Ishmael wasn't even around at that point anymore. Yeah. Like he had already been sent off into the desert, but they don't have that, you know, just the little things. Ishmael did come back for Abraham, Abraham's um, funeral, like to bury him with Isaac. So they were together then at that point. Yes. That's, I always thought that, I think that's interesting that so much hatred there but they come back together for this wow and we know that he died when he was 137 like that's that's what we know of ishmael i don't know just fascinating to me how how one little blip, decision yeah. yeah one little blip caused what we deal with today it's not really i mean it was a blessing yeah. it was so weird to me that 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 would be a blessing to ishmael and to see where we are today yeah it's crazy how even still today that the prophetic word that was spoken over him still right you know it rings true today but you know the bible says that everything is upheld and consists by his word right. you know what i'm saying all these things and that he, he spoke, spoke it yeah good because he spoke it and so this this is still true today you know thousands and thousands of, of generations and do you think it's a blessing because it's actually a consequence for Isaac's lineage, like Sarai and Abram messed up. 
And that consequence for that is going to be that, you know, this is what could have been, should have been, and still is, but now you have to contend with this Mm. consequence over here because you messed up. There's always a consequence. There is. There's forgiveness. There is. There is. But there's usually also consequences. I think we create Ishmael's not meaning to. Oh, all the time. I guarantee Sarah had no clue. No. I mean, how many times have we thought, this is what I'm going to do, and I think this is the right thing? Right. And, or maybe this is what I should do. Maybe that's probably what they thought. You know, maybe I should, or maybe, and we don't really, I don't know that did, that she had a piece about it. Right. You know, sometimes we do things without a piece. Which it, should be our, it, it, like, well, The Bible says it should be our umpire. <laughs> yeah. It should call the shots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, even um, when Isaac was dying and, and Jacob and Esau came, right. you know, in to get the blessing, he kept asking Jacob, he said, um, he said, for your hands and your, your arms, you know, you yeah. feel. You're not hairy. Like, you feel like Esau, he said, but you have the voice of Jacob. Yeah. And um, there was that nudge inside of him that, you know, there was this questioning inside of him. And I think sometimes we, just like he did, he bypassed that. Right. You know. I don't know. I can think of even times like personally when Justin and I have been trying to make something happen. Like, we're working towards a goal of something and we get um, to a point where we're not sure that we can do it the way that we had planned. And so like we've reached out to bring in other people and bringing in those other people has often caused issues. Well, don't you think that sometimes we do things like just kind of like what you're saying and we do things prematurely. Yeah. I mean, many times even I've seen this in in the secular world that people will see a gifting on someone Mm -hmm or a talent on someone and they will promote them prematurely. I call them shooting stars because they'll have a gift right. for an area, but they don't have a character to keep them. And so they'll, they'll promote them prematurely. But because of that premature promotion, they're not able to stay there and it actually kind of hurts them. So it, there's a really kind of a hard consequence because of that, because right. people get hurt because the people that are chosen get hurt because they weren't prepared for it. And that maybe the people that they influenced are hurt once again, because they weren't prepared for it. Right. And so that prematurity, um, whether it be, you know, in creating Ishmael's, whether it be in putting people in positions before they're ready, mm-hmm. um, whether it be launching into something before you're ready, right. you know, whether it be sometimes we've left jobs prematurely, sometimes we've taken jobs prematurely, you know, sometimes we've, you know, gotten into relationships that we shouldn't have gotten into prematurely. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We have maybe sounds kind of bad, but maybe we've married people, you know, before we were quite ready. Sometimes we'll yeah. jump into a relationship after we've been out of one and we should have waited, yep. you know, and, and we get hurt and th- things happen and soul ties are created that we shouldn't have created and all because of this prematurity of, you know, not waiting on the Lord, you know, not waiting for that person that God wants us to, not waiting on the right job, not waiting on the, you know, the right everything. Right. Um, I think we have to be careful because that premature decision process, which is really what happened with Abraham and Sarah, caused them a lot of challenges. And we can see that in our own lives. You know, if I used to tell people that um, it would be like, so when my twins were a little bit younger before they could drive, 
they were still bigger than me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, at 12, they were bigger than me. So they had ev- everything that they needed to drive physically. Right. But I couldn't but. put them, you know, in right. that position because it would hurt them and others around them. Right. And so the consequences of putting them in a position prematurely was devastating. And um, it could potentially hurt a lot of people. And, and I think sometimes we do that in lots of natural things around us. Yeah. I, as you were talking, I, um, I was Googling verses about waiting on the Lord. And um, it's pulling up an English standard version here, but Isaiah chapter 40. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Uh, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope my soul waits for the Lord. I mean, it's over and over again. Well, how many times have you waited, like actually waited on the Lord? And in our lives, we think he finally came through. But we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I waited on him. Right. I'm so glad I waited on that relationship. I'm so glad I waited on that job. I'm so glad I didn't go out and do this on my own. You know, and sometimes I've seen the Lord. I, I know this probably sounds a little crazy, but I've seen maybe myself not get into different positions. And I thank God. Because if I would oh, have yeah. been put in positions prematurely, I think I would have hurt people, not meaning to, yeah. but just because of my, you know, maybe my my lack of understanding. Oh. And sometimes you see those things like the the um, the after effects yeah. of what could have happened had you been in that place, and you have to thank God because yeah. it saved you a lot yeah. of heartache or, um, you know, just issues that you have to deal with, like. I know that we get afraid of waiting too long. I feel like we, as just humans, we have this fear that, well, I can't, um, you know, I God told me to do this, and so I need to do it immediately. Well, in some cases, that's true. Abram and Sarah, they had to move, and they were told to move. Like, they did it. They picked up, and, and they, they moved. But sometimes you have to wait on the Lord. You do. And because there was this specificity to... Right. The promise that was given to Abraham. He said it'll be through you and Sarah. Right. I mean, he didn't like stutter and go, it'll be through you and Hagar. Right. <laughs> I mean, he didn't like mess that up. I mean, God didn't, God didn't do that. I mean, he, he did not stutter with Hagar's name. He didn't even mention her name. Right. Um, he didn't right. stutter. She should have been left out of the equation. Thank you. Completely. Yeah. And like, it's, it's just so strange. And we can all do the what ifs, but like, what if they had waited? What if they had waited for the Israelites living out the rest of their days would have been peaceful, vastly different. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that that one decision of not waiting upon the Lord to uh, this day we're dealing with? Yes. I don't know. I guess if there's anything I'm stressing today, it's that it's, it's that your mistakes and though they're mistakes, and are forgiven, man, the consequences can be yeah. brutal. Yeah. And they can be, there can be a longevity with, with those yeah. decisions. You know, um, I think that's, that's a challenging thing, you know, is that there's, that can be longevity with some of our decisions. 
even Abraham would never have grasped the nature of what God was telling him when he said, your descendants will be more than the stars. Yeah. Well, because Abraham was thinking of a child and God was thinking about nations. Right. You know. Different perspectives. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Our thoughts, you know, the Bible says that his thoughts are not our thoughts and that they're far above, far above ours. Uh, I mean, far above I wonder how many people are like freaked out right now about the, if they didn't already know that the Muslim yeah. community and the Jewish community all come from the same seed. Yeah. Just crazy. Wow. I don't know. So what's our challenge this week? Mm. Wait. Wait. Wait patiently. Seek the Lord in what yeah. you're doing and wait for his. Yeah. And if you don't have a peace, just know that the Bible says that let peace be the umpire. Let peace call the shots in your life. And if you don't have a peace about it, maybe hang on. Right. You know, whether that be a relationship, whether it be a job, you know, um, there's something that God's been telling you. Um, if you don't have a peace. Right. I mean, and some of the things that he tells you might be scary, but there will be a a sense of peace that accompanies that. That's it. That's it. So you're not just like out on a limb. You have his wings wrapped around you like there's still a comfort in knowing that you're doing what he's telling you to do. So wait on the Lord. It's a good thing. It is. Okay, guys, we are hopefully going to be talking with you guys next week. We hope that you guys all have a wonderful week and a good weekend, and we will see you next time. Bye.